Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Tuesday, September the 13th, 2022. It is currently 2.16 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, we have been searching high. We have been searching low. We've been searching everywhere for enemies within the church. This search is taking a lot longer than maybe I would have expected it to take. We've been utilizing a podcast episode from Understanding the Times where they identified what they believed to be the enemies within the church, and it was a bizarre journey through that podcast episode. And after all of the looking, I was really left with, uh, uh, did, did they really ever really truly identify any enemy within the church? There was a lot of politics. There was a lot of political concepts and political ideology. And then they were accusing some people of being an enemy within the church. With I'm still a little perplexed at exactly what these people did to become labeled an enemy within the church. It was all very frustrating and all very confusing. But I kept promising that once I got done with that review, I would turn on the microphone and I would give you my list of three enemies within the church. And that is not exactly what's about to happen. I'm going to give you one. I don't even know if I'm going to give you the other two, because all I care about is this episode right here. Maybe all I care about is this episode right now. I may change my mind, you know, when this is over and go, you know what? I need to go back to that. I'm hoping this generates a very important response because I am going to try my best not only to identify the most dangerous enemy within the church, the one that is the greatest threat by far, and I guarantee you it's not in any, all the books you read about enemies within the church, it's not going to be the one I'm about to give you. I may be the only one to point this out, but it is truly the greatest enemy within the church. And I want to start this way. Danger! Danger to the church. The church is in danger. Sermon after sermon preached. The church is in danger. The church is in trouble. Pastors need to wake up. Young people need to wake up. Parents need to wake up. The church is under attack. We've got to do something. You've heard those kinds of sermons. So to protect ourselves, we built a mighty wall, I mean a gigantic wall, to protect ourselves from the danger. We placed guard towers all around, and we put guards in those towers so that they could warn us, so they could yell, danger, it's almost here. The, the invasion is almost here. The attack is almost here. We armed ourselves with the best weapons we could find. So we have the wall. We have the guard towers, we have the guards, and we're all armed. We readied ourselves for the attack. We readied ourselves for the deadly assault that was sure to come. And while we waited for the enemy, 
we were completely oblivious that the enemy was already within. The enemy was already inside the walls. The enemy was already inside because the enemy was, is, and will always be us. You, me, everyone inside your church, we are the enemy within. Always, we always want to identify someone else. Oh, they're the enemy. They're the enemy. Either we're focusing, looking outside of the church, claiming that that's an enemy within when really it's something outside the church, like critical race theory. It's an enemy within the church. Oh, what? okay. All right, don't even get me started on that. But we either are looking outside the church or we're looking at the other church over there, over there, over there. Mark, it's Mark Driscoll. It's Rick Warren. It's Joe Olstein. We're always pointing everywhere at that's the enemy. 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 We spend all of our time pointing the finger, trying to identify the enemy. And all you need to identify the enemy is a mirror. You and I, we are the enemy within the church. You and I, we are the enemy. Everyone sitting in the pews at your church, everyone sitting in your Sunday school class, everyone sitting in your small group, the person standing behind the pulpit, the the deacons, the elders, everyone in your church is the enemy. The enemy is us. We're the monster we're trying to find. We're the enemy we're searching for. You can stop searching. You can stop trying to you know, make everyone the villain. You can start trying to, uh, you know, point out the next boogeyman. We are it. Now, I know that may not be the dramatic conclusion you want to this series, but it's really the answer. We are all the enemy. No, you're thinking, no, 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 it's them. It's them. No, it's you and it's me. All the problems that happen within the church and within Christianity is you. You're, the, listen, this is very important. The greatest threat to your spiritual life is not Disney. It's not Netflix. It's not Harry Potter. It's not rock and roll. It's no, it's you, you, you're the enemy because you have a sinful nature from within. And guess what? This happens within the church. Here's what we do. We're the enemy. So we hear God's word preached. And then what do we do? We take God's word and we twist it and we manipulate it and we make it say what we want it to say. And we, and, and, and guess what? If we hear something we don't like, we get mad and we, and either we will cause a split or we just leave because no, I'm going to go find what I want to hear. It's always the same thing. It's inside the church where the scriptural twisting happens inside the church where the, the, the spiritual rebellion occurs in the church, the division, the hate, the unlove, it's all us. We are the problem. We are the issue. 
You're your greatest problem spiritually. No one else. It's you. It's not your circumstances. It's not life. It's you. You and I, we are our greatest enemy. I talked about this a lot on Sunday in our series on the book of Jude. How these, that the false teachers in the book of Jude, these are men who had crept into the church unaware. They were inside the church. But when you start learning about these men who had crept into the church, it refers to them as filthy dreamers. And the idea here is that, and their ideas and their dreams that they believe basically came to them from God. They had these, these fleshly dreams, these fleshly ideas. In other words, their ideas was flesh. It wasn't coming from the spirit. It was coming from the flesh. Their, their thinking, their perspective was fleshly, but they believed it came to them from God. Every person sitting in the pew, they think that their understanding is the correct understanding. They always, we always perceive ourselves that we understand better than everyone else. We have it figured out. We know the scriptures. We're the godly ones. We're the righteous ones. And we're so good at convincing ourselves that we are better than we actually are, but we're so quick to point out everyone else's failure. We want judgment. We want consequences. We want condemnation. We want this. We want that. Oh, we talk about the people and condemn the people. We've got our attitudes. We've got our opinions. I wish everyone in the church would stop looking at everyone else and finally look at yourself. When you hear others fall, instead of worrying about others, worry about where you are in your own spiritual life. Spiritual apathy in the church. It's our problem. Every every issue in the church is directed to each individual. We are so others-focused that we ignore our own spiritual health. We are so focused on condemning everyone else that we cannot see the condemnation that really lies on us. The enemy within the church is the enemy that's sitting in the pew, that's sitting or standing in the pulpit, sitting in the Sunday school classroom, sitting in the small group. It's all of us. Now, you may be waiting for some kind of dramatic revelation here. You may be, you know, wait. So so what is the solution? The solution is we got to get Christians to realize I'm the issue. I'm the problem. And it's always been that way. It's always been. If you look at the New Testament and all the letters that are written to churches, it's written to churches that are having serious issues. And where are those issues originate? From within the church. From within the church. From within the church. And in fact, we can just look at this because I think it's so important. First Corinthians chapter 3. I love this. First Corinthians chapter three, verse one. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto, as, as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you're not able to bear it, and neither yet now are ye able, for you're not yet, for ye for ye are yet carnal, for, there, for whereas there is among you envy, strife, division, are you not carnal and walk? as men. 
See, whenever we have problems within the church, we look at everyone else, but rarely do we stop to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can I spot the carnality in me? Can I see the fleshliness in me? Can I see the issue in me? We are always quick to point out when, when, when someone gets mad at a sermon or get upset with a pastor and argue and argue and argue and argue and argue. It's always the pastor's fault. And then they go somewhere else thinking that the problem was there. No, the problem could be in you. The problem could be in me. We always think that the problem is there. The problem is the, the problem is us. We are the enemy. So here's what I want to do. I know this is a unique way to do this. And in the middle of a series to drop a very, very short episode. But I, I hope you under, because I could just come out and go, here's the three enemies within the church and be done. But that would destroy what I'm attempting to do here. I want after all of those hours of listening to them identify all the problems in the church. I want to just come at you just like right up into your face and into my own face and say, hey, no, 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 no. You are the enemy. I'm the enemy. So here's what I want you to do. Now, a lot of times I give things for people to do, and they don't actually partake in doing it, participate. And I understand, but, but so much of my podcasting approach is really to try to get you involved in the situation, in, in, in the process here, right? So I want you to consider, th- I, I, this just seems to be the, the theme lately, three ways in which you feel you are an enemy within the church. Three, it could be your lack of commitment. I'll just give you some, I'll just give you some. Now, this may sound legalistic, but just stay with me. You'll see what I mean here. Okay, just, just, I'll just give you an example, all right? How can you be an enemy within the church? Well, anytime you are doing something that's discouraging or hurting the church or not helping the church, in a sense, you become an enemy. So here's the thing. And I'm not speaking, this may not be applicable to some of you because you may go to a church with 400 people, 500 people. It may not be applicable, but I can say this, um, especially in smaller churches. Well, I think in, well, probably in any, in any case, it probably has some application, but I'll just throw it out there. Just, I'll just throw out random things so you'll get the idea. I want you to identify some ways in which, in a sense, you're acting like an enemy to the church. I think when people stop attending services, right? Or like, and when I say stop attending, they, they, they stop being faithful on Sunday night, or they stop being faithful to Sunday school, or they stop being, they, they stop being faithful to certain services, well, even in large churches, this can have a profound impact, right? They used to have a Sunday night service. They no longer have a Sunday night service. Why do they no longer have a Sunday night service? Because no, people stopped attending. The numbers dropped to a certain level where they finally like, well, we're not going to have a Sunday night. Say so wipe out an entire Sunday night service because people are the enemy within the church. That's not Hollywood. That's not music. That's no, that's, that's you and I, it's us. I'll never forget when we first moved to uh, back to Texas and we were trying to find church. One of the things we just wanted was, look, a Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night service. Because we felt we at least had to have that. Because in my thinking, look, the fewer services you have, then the more I've got to do the teaching at home. And if I'm doing most of the teaching at home, then what's the point of even being a part of your church? You're there to provide spiritual food. If you're not even doing, you know, if you're doing less than, say, 15% of the work, 
then what's even the point? We can just stay home the whole time. Now, I know that's necessarily a bad attitude, but that was one of our issues. So we found a church that we thought was pretty good, at least doctrinally, theologically. We thought they were sound. We're like, what in the world? Why no Sunday night service? And guess what I heard? The, the people didn't want it. The people didn't show up. <laughs> so a Sunday night service just, what? Because people won't show up. People got to show up. If people don't show up, the doors get shut. It's that, if, if the people don't show up, you can't. And you say, well, my church is in no danger. Well, just compare your Sunday morning numbers to your Sunday night numbers. Even in my church in Nebraska, the thing, I don't even know how many hundreds of people were there on Sunday morning and Sunday night, that was cut in half. And by Wednesday night, we weren't even meeting in the sanctuary. We we're downstairs in a semicircle. It was like, you know, we go from hundreds to like 20 or 30 people on a Wednesday night. I'm like, what happened? But but anytime I would get upset about this, it was just like, that's just the way it is. No, these people are hurting the church because now I get a 10-minute, 15-minute devotional on Wednesday night because nobody will show up. If everyone showed up, most likely I'd get a full sermon. You're hurting the church. You're hurting others. That, that's, that's a small thing. And it's not even about legalism. It's about they're trying to in, in, encourage the church. Uh, another, uh, well, obviously giving. I mean, people don't give. The church, I mean, the church is in, I, mean, I, I, hate, I hate that, but ministries require money. And if you no know, giving, well, then, then, well, there's problems. That, that's just, these are basic areas. Here's a novel idea. What are you doing to encourage anyone in the church? What are you doing to encourage your pastor? What, what are you doing to encourage your pastor? I mean, I've been a pastor for a long time. Typically, if the phone rings, guess what's getting ready to come? Now, now, either they're getting ready to have a complaint, have an issue, tell me they're leaving the church. That's where it always goes. Well, th- thank you so very much. When the phone rings and it's a church member, I'm like, oh, no, no. Uh, rarely do they like, hey, I'm, I'm studying my Bible. We have theological questions. Hey, I need some spiritual advice. Hey, I need some spiritual counsel. No. It, or, hey, I just called to encourage you. I just called to say, hey, that sermon was really good. Hey, that was re-. No, it's not encouragement. It's almost always discouragement. Well, it's an enemy within the church. And in a sense that it's, it's going to be play a, look, it's detrimental to a church when the pastor becomes more and more discouraged. It's just detrimental. That's just the way it works. An enemy within the church. When your own, when, when you are, you are not pursuing you're not studying the Bible on your own. You're not growing in your understanding and you're becoming spiritually apathetic and you're becoming spiritually carnal. When, when, when you become carnal, I mean, that's just the whole problem in 1 Corinthians 3, right? The, the pastor could no longer, I can't even feed you meat. I've got to feed you milk. Well, guess what? When the church reverts back to, I've got to now feed you milk, the people who need the meat starve because the people need the milk and you got to, that's, that you're being an enemy. You're hurting other people. Your own spiritual apathy, your own spiritual complacency, your own lack of actually wanting to study, that's an enemy within the church. Division, fighting, arguing, gossip, slander, that's an enemy within the church. Unforgiveness, bitterness, that's that's an enemy within the church. 
The greatest enemy within the church is us. We are it. I'm not just saying you. I'm talking me from the pulpit. Sometimes the greatest enemy within the church can be from the pulpit. And I'm not even talking in regards to false teaching. It's when the pastor becomes, you know, frustrated and discouraged and aggravated and just says, you know what? Well, look, you want me to phone it in? I'll phone it in, man. I'll, I can just show up here, give you whatever and go home because nobody seems to care what we're doing anyway. And he may never, he may never be able to express it that way, but that's what's going on. Well, guess what? That's detrimental to the church. A pastor's lack of spirituality, detrimental to the church. All of our issues comes from within and it's inside of us. So what are three ways that you feel you have at times are an enemy within the church? I know it's more fun to find the false teachers. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's more fun to find the, the false ideologies or the false church you know, methods. Oh, look, they're doing the seeker sensitive or they're doing, that's the enemy within the church. But we, we, well, I think the, the problem with all of this is we fail to see ourselves. We fail to see where we are spiritually. And every church that Paul writes to, I mean, the problem is there, it, there's a problem inside the church. How can we be so blind to our own spiritual condition. I think, I think the, the greatest enemy within the church is uh, those of us inside the church. And the only solution is for us to become more concerned with ourselves than we are other people. And I'm not saying you say, well, so you're saying don't worry about false teaching. I'm not saying that. Are you saying don't worry about? No, I'm saying that we have to start with all. So many of our problems is ourself. There are, there are, Think of all the churches that corrupt, that that collapse from within, and it's not the false teaching, the false teaching that destroys the church. It's pride, it's arrogance, it's disunity, it's it's discord, it's schism, lack of love, lack of encouragement or compassion or mercy or grace or or anything. I am convinced that this is what is overlooked in this discussion about enemies within the church. It's, it's always, it's the liberals, it's the progressives, it's, it's critical race theory, it's woke ideology, it's, it's uh, you name the doctrine, it's this doctrine, it's this doctrine, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. It's not this, it's not that, and it's not them, it is us. It's not this, it's not that, and it's not them. It is you, us, us. If you want, if you want to write anything out, it's not this, it's not that, and it's not them. It's you and I, it's us. We are the problem. We need to focus on our own selves, growing spiritually, our own devotional life, our own Bible study life. Our own theological knowledge, biblical knowledge, our own spirituality, our own love for other people, our own bitterness and unforgiveness. It's, it's all of our issues. Now, of course, I turn on this microphone and we'll, we'll review and critique what's going on in the world of Christianity. I will. And that's got to be done. I'm not saying that, that I'm saying we have to start with ourselves. 
I mean, what, what, what good is it to have? I mean, we can have the right theology and still be all messed up spiritually. We can have the right theology and externally look so good, but internally we're, we're a train wreck. Three ways that you have demonstrated being an enemy within the church in some way. In other words, you're detriment to the church. You're hurting the church in some way, shape, or form. And you may not even perceive that you are. I mean, we've often said the church is as is strong as its weakest link. Now, I don't know if that's an, a 100% accurate statement. It's a, it's a catchy statement. It preaches good. But what I think the point is, is that in the church, weakness, we're, we're, we're in a sense, we're all together in a local congregation, and a little bit of weakness begins to be a major issue within that church. I'm going to stop there and see if there's agreement or disagreement. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. Can't wait to get your thoughts. God bless.